Welcome to the podcast with Face, Pat, and Tiz. Complain at all, honestly, man. And you know, it's a three day weekend, so can't beat that. They gave my kids four days off, they gave them Friday off, too. Mess me up. I ain't found out till Thursday night. (laughs) That sounds uh fun if you knew about it, exactly. (laughs) I had to work Friday morning, so. Caught the surprise, really caught the wife by surprise. <laughs> we with you, mama. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> I ain't get off the seven at night, so <laughs> seven thirty, matter of fact. Oh, so she had to come up with some impromptu activities. <laughs> oh yes, indeed, all day. <laughs> they was live all day. Did they know that they didn't have school? Oh, they knew. <laughs> Um, but they didn't mention it to nobody. <laughs> nope, not not till Thursday night. You know we ain't gonna school tomorrow. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, the teacher told us to to yesterday. They didn't send none home or call or nothing. Nope. Oh, they called Thursday night. <laughs> right before the kids told us. Good job, school sister. Yeah, they be late. Little bootleg phone app they got supposed to remind all the parents and stuff, but if the school don't put it in the app, how you gonna remind them? Yeah, you actually got to post it at some point. If you don't click send, then nothing happens. Exactly. I thought it was just me. No, technology is only as smart as the people controlling it. You got that right. Because there's some dumb motherfuckers with some great technology that can't use it for shit out there. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced that the smarter technology gets, the dumber it makes people. Oh, yeah. You don't have to use the problem-solving parts of their brain as much. Man, 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 man. I'm glad Pat made that decision to take that trip. Mm-hmm, hmm mm-hmm. We'll see how it all play out. I know it'll be great, though. Either way, great experience. God asked to give him another, you know, that he could say, well, I tried that. He can learn from it. Might make some new connections. Can't be nothing but positive. Exactly. Exactly. I don't see nothing negative coming from it, though. And he came for vacation and was making connections. So I feel like if you're coming down here like with the purpose of actually working, then I would say something got something gonna shake. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, I was thinking that's a great, great ass opportunity. 
You yeah. ain't never can't pass up. At least the opportunity to come your way. I don't see no reason to pass that shit up. Yeah, the the lady seems solid. So, exactly the same thing I said. Like he says, always tenfold. He say, you know, I mean, on the, on the interview, everything went good. You know what I mean, business structure from what I looked up looked good. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what happened, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Hopefully it work out. I pray for him. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. But yeah, man. Oh. What you got? What you got going on, man? What's going on this week? Uh, well, what's up, guys? Shit. Welcome to the finals. So, three friends separated by distance, connected by brotherhood, having weekly conversations you can join in on. And as always, I'm your boy, one third of the partners, your boy Tiz. I'm along with. We got an extra long me. call. <laughs> me, me, me. Face. Yeah. Big bro, face in the place. Damn it. We winning the race. Okay, nobody say we winning out here. Ha! Huh. Yeah, man. And uh you'll notice there was another third that uh didn't introduce themselves as uh always, you know, Padawan is the other third of the partners, but this week he is on always uh handling some uh business ventures, you know, some hopefully life changing business ventures. So uh congratulations in advance and you know, prayers and good wishes to our bro Pat and he'll be here with us on the uh live tomorrow and all that good stuff. But uh yeah man hopefully he'll have some good news when he uh pop back up and next time y'all hear his intro. So uh tonight me and big bro face we're gonna uh go ahead and uh hold this thing down and talk oh, yeah. shit and uh I think we got some fun topics tonight man to discuss uh I agree so we are missing you know some of the good and some of the fuckery of the week. We do oh, yeah. shit to talk about, man. Um, so the first thing I wanted to talk about this evening, uh, we've talked about several times on the show. We've talked about like uh, TV shows and best shows and best movies and these type of things. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of times what makes these shows and movies or whatever is like it's not necessarily the whole show. Sometimes it's just it's like these moments that stand with you and stick with you over time. So I wanted to discuss some of those great TV moments, them classic moments that made you fall in love or fall out of love with shows. So the first moment, uh, what is the what is the TV moment or moments that made you laugh the hardest? I it's a moment. Um, like me and my mom, I grew up with my mom. You feel me? Like we twenty years apart. So the show she like, I like too. So it's like an age difference between me and my wife because my wife don't watch real old shows from the 60s and 70s. What I still do is I catch them on YouTube. My mom was still watching reruns. So mm-hmm. Sanford and Son, that should be my mom's show. You watch that shit all the time. Like she still watch reruns. I catch it every now and then on YouTube. There's one episode, um, and all, all, all old heads out there, you remember this episode when I described it. Lamont goes and finds a casket. He buys the casket for <laughs> $25. He bought two caskets. He's trying to flip the caskets because you know Sam and Son <laughs> junk dealers. Yeah. So he bring, he bring the caskets. He bring the caskets, <laughs> bring the caskets home. <laughs> I can't even get it up. He's gonna, he gonna tell us in a minute, I promise. I promise. So he bring the caskets home. He called Fred outside to help him with the shit. Fred see the shit's in panic already. Like, oh hell no. 
And from then to the end of the episode, ain't nothing but pure laughter, yo. He I doing everything he can. Trying to kill him? <laughs> no, he just superstitious and shit. He don't want caskets in his house. He says a bad omen. <laughs> That is my shit. Oh my god! The mom was like, "Man, look, if we don't sell the caskets, we can cut the front off and make it like a bench. <laughs> make two benches." <laughs> be sitting in no casket bench. Oh shit! The oh, friend no. like, "All right, if them shits go, if they go in the house, I'm sleeping outside in the junkyard." Yeah. He thought his dad was joking. He put them shits in the house. Nighttime came. Fred went outside, got in the back of the truck with the blanket and the pull on lady. I mean that, Fred. I ain't mad at Fred. Fire or a ghost or some creepy shit to come fucking with you at night when you're trying to get your sleep on. Oh, that's a, that's my TV moment. I'm sorry, shit. <laughs> that is it. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. Uh, what about well, you? Mine, I actually have two. Um, but mine, I'm a little more contemporary. Um, okay. so my first made me laugh. Uh, these really could have been like moments that made me cry because they made me laugh till I cried. Um, okay. So I got the episode of Martin when they went to Chilligan's Island. Oh shit! And they were fighting that rat, and it kept coming back. And like the first time it popped out, like. I laughed till I cried. But when it came back again, and it was just like the shit that was being said, it was so realistic to me. And I don't know why that ugly, fake-looking rat made me cry like that, but I could not stop laughing. The way that, It was like the way they was throwing punches looked hilarious. The the rat itself, the way, they, the way you could tell somebody off camera like threw it at them. Cause it just flew on the camera all unnatural, like like catapult or something. Like that shit just flew on the camera, and oh man, like the the fact that they were even that ain't no damn puppy. <laughs> <laughs> like that whole scene, just like it was just so surreal. Like I think that might have been one of the first like TV moments that made me like kind of like snot and laugh and cry and like have all of the, like them hard guffaws. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Classic TV moments. Guffaw. You know, we don't even use no guffaw. I think everybody, if you ever watch Martin, everybody remember that episode and keep right into yeah. that point you said. I think that's one of the <laughs> funny moments everybody had. Uh, and I could, I could uh, up there with it on the same show. This is not my second moment, but when I'm thinking about Martin, when that nigga had that fucking fake dog on the Nino <laughs> episode about the TV player, he told him it's a sin, and that nigga, that damn dog said. Fucking fans in the sounds. Oh, he was dragging that bitch around so hard. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> That's another classic motherfucker. That whole episode was classic as shit. Yeah. I think even the cast love that episode. Shit, man, that's probably one of them. That's probably one of the the best moments of Martin, where you saw like everybody on the cast break character for a minute. Like they couldn't help but to laugh at some of that shit. Like everybody was sitting there like laughing to themselves, trying to cover their face and shit. Like the shit was stupid. 
Uh, but great time. Good job, Martin. Um, and then my second moment, though, like, that made me almost piss my pants the first time I saw it was on Fresh Prince. Uh, it was the episode when I think Prince had, uh, he had got to hanging with this girl and they was, like, going to, like, oh, and, shit and all that. But, like, because he was hanging with her and, like, getting all this attention and stuff and being able to go out, he won't hang in with uh, the family no more. And Carlton got jealous. And it was, like, Will's birthday or something. And Will had went somewhere and didn't come home. <laughs> and when he got back home, Carlton was mad because he didn't come home for his birthday. Carlton was like, man, I got you a, I got you a cake and everything. It was a sunny to see you. It's a It's sunny. And the way that nigga was crying that song out. Oh my God. I I literally like I remember the first time I saw that episode. I was sitting there eating dinner with my mom. Like I remember almost pissing my pants. Like it was bad. Like that was one of the best laughs I've had in my life to this day. And I've seen some funny <laughs> and been involved with some funny shit, but that that nigga called and crying that it's funny. Alfonso don't get the credit he deserved. Dying, yo. Uh, runner up from that show is when that nigga was dragging himself across the set because he thought Will had killed somebody. <laughs> and that nigga was like, no, ah! was dragging. <laughs> all the way around all the scenes and shit. <laughs> oh my god, man! Angle front, Fresh Prince and Martin probably are up there like two of the top two funniest. Like, maybe not yeah. every yeah. single show or every single thing, but as far as, as a collective. added up the collective funny, like, hilarious moments, not just the, like, Haha, that's good, but, like, the most, like, oh, my God, this is laugh out loud funny, literally. They might be tied for, like, two of, like, the funniest collections of moments. Some niggas stupid. So, like in our day and age, like growing up, like those type of shows, I, I, I feel like those are two like the real outliers. Yeah. As far as how to measure what a good comedy sitcom is supposed to be for our, for like for us, you feel me? There's other other shit for other genres, other cultures that they may measure as some of their top funnies, but for me, Martin, Fresh Prince, um, shit, I can't even think of the real comedy ones. Uh, family Matters every now and then, but as a collective, I really don't. I wasn't really a big Family Matters dude. The older Steve got, feminine the Stefano Carroll, then he was doing all the different personalities and characters, trying to be like they was like they was trying to make him like Martin with the different characters and shit. But instead of focusing on him, giving him more just natural character development. Mm, but like Martin, it, but it wasn't as funny as them other two. Like it was like. It was more you look to family matters for like that family vibe type. Oh, that was that was wholesome. Oh, that was cool. But it wasn't mm -hmm. like like even like it was funny, but it didn't have them like, man, what the fuck? Oh my god, that be yeah, more touching moments than anything. Like the homeboy in the arm because it's so funny. Get up and got a clap. Stone oh, no. real quick, tears all in your eyes. Spit you know. your soda and juice out moments. Ain't had none of those. Yeah. I can definitely say that. It won't them. It won't them. 
Yeah, none of those moments. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that show. Well, why we laugh until we cry? What what shows or what moments from your your shows? Like, what was your biggest moment that like made you cry? Where you was just like, oh damn. Okay. Mother- I think everybody's. I think everybody's in top top list is that um Will Smith moment when his oh, dad. Oh, nope, that's my number one. Nope. I think everybody love that moment. Like, why you love me, man? Why you love me? Get out of here, then. Come back. I'm mean, not even out of there. Everybody love that moment, man. Everybody love that moment, man. Um, another tough moment. It won't supposed to be a touching moment, but um, season three of Martin. You know how he left on season two, and then they was looking for him and shit. Gina couldn't find him for the first couple episodes, and then he took the took the hood off, and then everybody got emotional. The crowd, crowd, all ah! Martin finally came back. Touching moment right there. Um, sitcom. Um, let's see. Um. It was so just so Cosby's when the family got together for the um, grandparents' birthday and they put on the little show and everybody dressed up and they were singing the old song and everybody was coming down the stairs and Rudy took off and baby. was singing her little shit. Yeah, baby! Yeah, that's a really good moment right there, too. I fuck with that shit, too. Um, um shit. It's a lot of good moments on sitcoms because you got them sappy sitcoms that Watch me, you get into the characters and shit. You be like, oh shit, damn. Uh, what was there was one on Saved by the Bell, mother. <laughs> um, Jesse. Um, when she was hooking that drugs, shit was did. funny as a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that shit. Well, oh, I'm glad you remind me. Now that is one though that made me laugh the hardest, probably earliest in my life. That may be the first one that made me laugh like that. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. And you know a nigga like me from the hood, so I'm like, I know they have drug addict act. Fuck that bitch on. That ain't be that shit. You don't know no nigga drugs. Oh, must be some white people. Oh, the fuck she on, but I don't know nobody on that shit. Yeah, that's not, that not cocaine. That must be meth. Oh, the fuck deal. Crystal meth addict. She must have knew. That's that rich people shit. Everybody. I ain't That's that bass ass shit. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is she on? Kind of I don't want no bass. You taking caffeine? Don't, I, think I be drinking sodas every day. That shit don't act like that, nigga. Sorry, sorry. I done drank tea and coffee before. Like that shit don't make you act like that. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh shit. Mm. <laughs> Damn, you come here and get naked like showgirl. Oh my god! I never take that show seriously. Yes, Um, well, I tell you what, the first show that made me cry for real, like on some actual touching, like goddamn, I ain't know that I was supposed to cry from TV shows. I was a little kid. It was on different strokes, and there was an episode. When the man in the bicycle shop, I think it was, tried to molest Arnold. Yeah, and he tried to catch him, and I and I can't remember who came in or how he got up out of that bit, but he got up out of there somehow. But I remember it had him, and it was like the little white man was trying to get him to take his shirt off and shit, and and uh, Arnold was like, "What? 
Like, yeah, yo, it was like one of the first shows that I saw that was like about like children getting molested. And I think I may have been younger than it was. It was like around the time or it was before I had my own experience with molestation. But like it was around that age, that younger age. So it was was sometime between eight and eleven. I can say that. But it was on different strokes. And I can't remember if the dude was a bicycle owner or like a toy shop owner or what, but it was like they was in the back storeroom or some other shop. And that nigga was trying to get he he was like trying to get Arnold to take his shirt off and shit. And Arnold was like, mm, I don't feel like this is right. And then somehow or another, Arnold got out. I don't know if somebody came and distracted him or he snuck out the window or something, but he got up out of that bitch. But I know that shit was creepy as fuck. And I just remember sitting at home crying like, oh, don't touch Arnold. Leave him alone. What you talking about? I was at home mad as shit. All sad. <laughs> Why Willis ain't coming to help him? He by himself. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, poor Arnold. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. They were fucking with it. Um, mm. All right, so I got two more categories I want to get your take on. Okay. Um, what, Damn. What? Yeah, that Arnold will fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. shit. Look like that's Arnold, man. Yeah. Fuck with little people. Being though. a kid, and you, you know, the age Arnold portraying, and you looking at this lady, like, no, don't get my boy. Yeah. Um, so my next category though, hopefully this brings you back up and kind of brightens your day a little bit more um, what moment from a show was like your favorite moment where you knew this show was going to be your shit like that crossover moment in a show where you was like okay let me try this out okay this kind mm-hmm. but then it's that moment that's like oh yeah I'm tuning in every week they got me I'm stuck here for the rest of it. Um, now, see, I've been portrayed by some of the moments, mm. but I give you, I give you like one example. Like it's an old TV. Once again, I'm a TV show. I love old ass TV shows. So mm. it's a TV show um, starring Lamont from Sanford and Son, but it's after Sanford and Son, like when he first left the show. You feel me? I feel and like so- I remember that. I I think I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name, yeah. of it, but I, I feel like I remember that. The show is called Baby I'm Back. It's based in D. It's based in Washington D.C. Homeboys on that show. No, oh, ain't none of the Sanford and Son cast on this show. You talking about Sanford? After he left, after um Lamont left, Sanford and Son kept on, but they just dropped the son, made a little storyline about him leaving him doing whatever, and just kept Sanford, and he opened like a little hotel and shit on the side of um on side of junkyard and shit. But on Baby I'm Back, the premise is um Lamont was married and left his wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Came back, moved into the same apartment building. It is his ex-wife. They moved on, but they never got divorced, so they still married. The new husband don't know that they still married. <laughs> the kids still want dad to be around. So the moment is like the kids know he back. Grandmama don't know he back because grandmama hate his ass because he, of course, he left the family. Mama still got a thing for him, but she mad because he left the family. And the new dude. I think he either in the he he's some dude in DC. And he he worked, he got some good job in DC. And of course Lamont still ain't got no he ain't got shit going for him, but being the dad. Man, so 
Go ahead and spend time with them kids, but let that man stay in his life, pay their bills. So, motherfucking um, shit come up. Like I said, they live in the same apartment complex. She she bump into him, but not realizing he lived in the same apartment complex. He's like, what you doing here? He make up some bullshit story. So, end up coming to the door. The kids invite him over for dinner or some shit. <laughs> end up telling mom right before he knock on the door. She mad. She goes to the door. He had door knock. She opened the door. He be like, baby, I'm back. <laughs> oh. Well, you not, nigga. And that moment was like, oh, shit, I, I watch it, maybe funny. But it let me down after that. So. <laughs> Yo, that's bad. Yeah. Great to let me down. Great to let me down. Lamont can't hold a show by itself. Baby, I'm whack. Yeah, Lamont's not a showrunner. <laughs> he he need Fred. He need Fred. He couldn't do that by himself. Yeah, I think they got a few. I think they got like nine episodes. And that's it. He kind of dropped by himself. Yeah, it's he dropped the ball on that one. Um, I can believe that. Uh, but um, shit. First episode of Martin. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna fuck. With, I'm gonna fuck with this." Mm. It was like the, the, the how the episode just all came together was just funny as shit. Like at that time, I hadn't seen nothing like that. You feel me? So I was like, "You know what? It's something about this. It's an all black show. Like I can connect with it. I may be young and can't really understand all the jokes, but right. it's still funny to me now." Let's let's see what he got going on. And then he started coming up with different characters in the later episode. I'm like, yeah, this, this uh, good decision, good good damn decision. Martin, 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 damn it, right, damn right. I don't remember the pilot of Martin. I kept trying to remember the first episode. Shit. Now it's a it's a show. Kevin Hart had a show, and it didn't go it didn't go big, but it, all his episodes on um YouTube. Him and Faison Love on him, Faison Love, family or something. Yeah. Yeah, you feel I've me? heard about it from his book, but I didn't. It, it it wasn't all it was cracked up to be, but they had a good cast and with better writers, it really could have took off. You feel me? It could have been a good show. The premise of it was good. It was like he was um he was the nephew. I think he was a nephew living with the family. Yeah, yeah, I think he was the nephew living with the family. Had moved in with him. He was supposed to be a big star, but it flopped. Moved back home and shit, and then had to deal with regular life. Huh. The premise was good, you feel what I mean? But just the, yeah. I guess the writers just won't dare back then. Like if somebody could come up with that, just bring the show back up now with a different cast, I think it could do some shit. Feel like cover some topics from nowadays, motherfuckers will go through because motherfuckers know it's, it's it's stars out there, YouTube stars, real stuff, other type of stars out there that had a little bit of fame and flopped and had to go back home and got regular jobs and hate when motherfuckers see him and shit dipping down. So I mean, like. I believe something like that could could take could take flight in nowadays, but that was a good little show for me. How about you? Um, I think uh my favorite moment. All right, so obviously I done mentioned it before. Breaking Bad is my favorite TV show of all time, period. And I think the moment that I knew I was gonna like that show is uh it had been slow the first like episode ish, and they get to a point where like they had shown a preview of like these pants in the desert and you didn't really understand why they was flapping off this rv but then over time you get to understand that this nigga be taking his pants off so that his clothes don't get the smell of the chemicals and shit that it from cooking up the batches so he out there cooking up a batch and they get basically uh strong on by the mexican dude and he get away by throwing some 
some chemical down and basically exploding the shit in their face and they riding off, but this nigga ain't got on no pants. And it was something about this nigga. I was like, man, this fucking old ass white man and just took off in his drawers after blowing up some shit in the Mexican face. Like he know he gonna die. Oh, this about to be crazy. Let me see where the fuck this going. And I'm glad I did because from because that it was like one of them make or break episodes. It was like it gotta be either the second half of the first episode or it's somewhere in the second episode. But it was like in that moment of like, all right, if this shit don't pick up, man, I'm about to be like, fuck this. I don't care what people are talking about. That shit ain't about to be shit dry now. And it was some that shit picked up, and from there it was all to the races for the rest of the show. So it was like that moment kind of is what grabbed me. It was like, nope, stick with this shit. This shit about to get good. And yeah. And then uh, my other moment was uh, when they had the episode on South Park, when they had the alien that was in Carpenter's ass. As a teenager, like at first, I didn't really care for that show. But for some reason, like I think that might have been the first episode, but I never saw that episode first. Like I didn't get on South Park till like it had been out for like a couple of seasons. Like it, it might have had it might have been almost they was about to go into making their movie by the time I actually realized and kind of got into it. I feel you. I got on late too. Yeah. So like I saw this shit out of order, but I had seen a couple episodes and I was like, man, this shit. I don't know. I, I, it won't catch me. But for some reason, that episode, I thought that shit was hilarious. And it was like happening to the right character because Cartman got on my fucking nerves. And it was just great. I, I just thoroughly enjoyed that show. Like, I was like, all right, let me check out some more of these. And then I started liking this shit because I caught on to some more episodes that kind of like was like, oh, this this my, yeah, this my type of humor. But yeah, them, them like my two moments for that. Now, go ahead. Same feeling. For the Walking Dead. Now, when the Walking Dead, that very first episode came on, it had a little Rick and whatever the old his um partner name was, and then Rick got shot. Nigga woke up in the hospital. I'm like, all right, I already know it's gonna be about some zombie shit because I already seen the trailers and the previews for for the series before it came out, before the actual series came out. Then I'm just, all right, where where the zombies gonna come in? What what what's gonna happen? Like, what's gonna lead up to it? So I'm already into it before I'm into it. But as the story progresses, it just grab me more. I'm like, okay, this nigga's blackout. Wake up in the hospital. What the fuck going on? This how it is? And you just follow his story. I'm like, bet. I'm into it. I'll I, I, I fuck with Rick Grimes. I'll see where the story leads me. We can do something with this. Yeah, you feel me? So I, I, I dug into that one. I, I fuck with The Walking Dead. Um, another show start. Another show just grabbed my attention when I first started watching it. Um, uh, shit, Squid Game. Squid game, call me. Squid game, squid game. You remember, like, first five minutes. Catch me at first. Squid game caught, caught me when they got to that down. That down. <laughs> I was, what I tell you, bro, I know it won't post. It, it, that I know when they wrote that part of the show and they was shooting that money oh. in their brain. They was like, oh, this going to be great shock value. They're going to be tripping off of the gore. But when that nigga did that, I, I was like, oh, this is my shit. I like this show. Let me see what this old nigga about to do. I, I didn't even know he was going to be important at that time. I just was like, let me just follow him till they kill him. Because this going to be funny. <laughs> let me see what this old nigga about to do. Because he good. 
<laughs> or my attention in a scene that won't even about him. This shit ain't this shit about these two dudes. And I keep, I keep trying to figure out what this old nigga about to do next. This nigga just keep posing all happy and shit. The fuck he grinning. Everybody else looks terrified. Why the fuck is this nigga grinning? This nigga having a time his motherfucking life out there. <laughs> like this. Nigga, do you hear them automatic weapons shooting around you, nigga? Why are you so giddy? This ain't the time to frolic. And I'm a frolic herb. Everybody but scared shoot. This ain't the Everybody time. Was scared, crying. This nigga running. This ain't that vibe, my boy. Hell no. One right. time for pay, nigga. One time for pay. <laughs> One time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, another new a new show got something to deal with the Walking Dead. I caught um uh forgot where I caught it on um the website you sent me, but I forgot what platform it comes from. Um, it's Tales from Tales of the Walking Dead. So what it is is a bunch of new different characters, and they're giving they story they individual stories of where they at right now currently, like in the where the universe is and in that Walking Dead universe. So Ted Cruz on it, um. And some other famous actress, she on the first episode. So they two got these stories, but they stories cross and they, they story go to start going together. Um, and it's episode three. I forgot that one, but episode one caught me. So I'm like, all right, Terry Crews, he a loner. So he didn't got to, he done set his house up perfectly for the end of the world. So he was already ready for everything when it came. He worked out every day, listened to the radio and got his dog. Did the same routine every day till his dog died. And then he just by himself and lonely. Ain't no internet no more. So you really can't do that on that no more. So all he doing is re- reading back on his old chat message text. So he's like, all right, bet. He had made a little girlfriend or a girl he got the close to before internet went out. So he's like, all right, I'm going to try to go find her in real life and see where she at. He take off on his motorcycle, prepare for, prepare for everything, and just take off. End up running to this other girl. She just set a trap up for a dumb ass. Boom. She catch him, hold him up with a gun. Not knowing, ain't no bullets in the gun. The whole time she got a gun to you, you ride with empty gun to you. So you scared she gonna shoot you, but ain't nothing that he can shot with. Eventually he find out ain't no bullets in it. They tussle, whatever. She get the best of them, but they end up getting along and tell each other their stories. They separate somehow. He found old girl that he was looking for, but she psycho and she crazy. So she didn't gave him a, um, uh, a brownie laced with some type of drugs, get them all woozy and she about to kill him. When old girl find the same, find her too, or find the house. Uh-huh. She tell him, she tell him about old dudes, like, have you met him? He was, I know he came looking for you. He was trying to find you. He thought you was on the internet or whatever. He like, she was like, no, nah, I don't have no clue what you're talking about. So she take her in the basement too. And she tried to get her the same type of brownie. But old girl that met up with Terry Crews, she into plants and everything. She a vegan. She know about plants, um, plants and all the drugs you can make from plants and all that shit. So a girl gave her the brownie, she was like, you know, it ain't fun. It ain't cool to get somebody an edible without letting them know it was drugs and shit. So she was like, what? They started tussling. Old girl, um, Terry Crews would end up killing the new girl, the crazy one, saving Terry Crews. They escaped. I'm like, oh, I like that. I fuck with this shit a little bit. This uh, is all in the first goddamn episode. Shit. All right. I'm going to see where this go. I'm going to try to walk. And another show, the last show, get on 60 to. Days In. I fuck with 60 Days In. What's that? Yeah, oh, should you never seen 60 Days In? Uh, it's like a semi, somewhat reality show, but it ain't a reality show because it takes place in real actual jails. So it takes six volunteers, six regular other motherfuckers, and put them in jail undercover. Oh, I have seen that. My wife uh, watched that shit sometimes. That is my shit. Like, current season, they got actual former inmates, and they put their ass back in jail 
working for the um working for the um the warden and the sheriff to try to get information so they can try to help better the prison. But of course, they former inmates, so some of them falling back into their old former inmate behavior. Okay. And they already told them, you go in here and do anything, we gotta charge you like regular inmates. Yeah, they tripping. They trying to get people knocked off. <laughs> and you gotta go in there holding they they make up a story for you. So you gotta go in there and try to remember your story because you know when you go in there. Everybody trying to figure out who you are, question you, and question your story. Why you locked up, such and such? And if you 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 ain't right, well, your story ain't right. Niggas gonna know you. The fuck that, that shit don't sound right. You here for what? In, in this county? Why you in this county from all the way over there? Your child cut the charge over there. I know that company. My my cousin worked for them. You lying? It, it shit like that. You remember? Shit? Fuck you up. Shit like that. One nigga got in there. He was a he a he a former he a CEO. But he went in there. He a CEO from a different county. He went in there undercover. He ain't make out of um what's the what's the shit? He ain't make out of intake. What that? As soon as he went to intake, they put him in the holding cell. He gave it a stress signal. He's like, I can't I just can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, I couldn't be on no show like that. No, nah, I'm not putting myself in harm's way. Nah. nah. Um well, since we got into like the shows that like they had these moments that made us be like, oh, this going to be my shit right here. I'm going to fuck with this. What moment from a show or shows hit you to where you were like, yeah, I used to like this, but I ain't going to like this no more. I think I'm done with it. Um, mm. Damn. It's been a lot of those. I've stopped watching a lot of TV shows. Um, but I used to like Seinfeld to that Kramer incident. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, I it was an actual show moment, but it was an out show moment dealing with the characters. So I stopped watching the show altogether. It's like, fuck it. I don't want to have nothing to do with that individual anyway. I mean, so I just stopped watching the show altogether. Um, shit, there's been so many shows I just stopped watching and forgot about. Motherfucking home. Let me see. Well, I'm trying to get mine. Why don't you go? Shit, let me know yours. May spark them in me. Um, so I got two. Um, I used to really like the Agents of Shield show. Um, when it first came out, like the first few seasons, I was really into it. Or the first couple of seasons, I was really into it. I liked the way they were like tying in shit from the MCU without making the show about the actual MCU, and they were finding like ways to have unique storylines and shit. I was fucking with it. It was a good show. Me and the wife was watching that shit and everything. And then they went into like space onto this weird planet with this weird creature that was like, I don't even know what it was, but they didn't explain it well. And it was just like, well, what does this got to do with like anything? Like, why do I, like, you, you, it was, it was just doing too much. It was like, they jumped the shark. I was like, oh yeah, they start doing weirdo shit on this. Let me get up out of here. They 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 done oh, they no. lost the essence of what was making the show good. And I oh, no. watched the show since. I couldn't tell you what happens after that because I just fell off. But that um there was two more moments. Uh one moment was when they killed Brian on Family Guy. I think it was on one of the seasons in the past two, three years. But they like kill Brian 
and it was like acting like he didn't he wasn't there no more for a couple episodes, but they kept alluding to him still. So it was like awkward. It was like, oh yeah, they about to start doing some weird old Simpson shit. Like they 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 they, they grasping for straws. So I left it alone. I haven't watched that show ever since. And then my last one was uh there was this show called Heroes. And mm. and it was like uh they had the little girl Hayden Penitentiary. She was like Wolverine, but without claws, like she could regenerate herself and heal herself. They had another dude that could kind of fly or something like that. They had another dude that was like uh what? Could like manipulate some shit or something. But they had like a bunch of different little like superhuman people. And the super and the super villain was this dude that could like take people's powers. Mm. And it got okay. to the point where he had so many goddamn powers, it was like, all right, man, y'all done made this nigga fucking OP. Like, I don't even believe one of these niggas gonna beat him now. Like, all right, I'm done. Like, like y'all done gave it. Like, they had let him absorb so many motherfuckers' powers. Like, this niggas could do everything. Like, he was virtually unbeatable as his bitch. Yeah, like, he was super fast, could fly, could shoot fire out of his skin, could, was impervious to everything, was super strong. Could draw real good. Could clip toenails. Could do hair. Could goddamn. Could could balance his checkbook. Like this nigga was a fucking like goddamn man. This nigga can't do nothing. Is it anything he can't do now? He done took everybody's shit. What is he? Who gonna, <laughs> who gonna hurt this nigga? Regular man. Like this, this nigga. Like you can't even hit this nigga with kryptonite. Like he done absorbed that shit. Nope. Oh no! Nah, I am. Like, oh now, y'all done made it no fun. So it was like when they Goldberg. It was like you built them up to the point where, like, all right, I don't even believe no nigga can beat them now. Like now, you just made it no fun. Yeah. One hundred and seventy-seven and oh, yeah, like, like really? damn, like really. Like, first, it was cool because it was like suspenseful. Like, all right, if he get this power, then. And they're going to have to find a nigga that's going to be able to counteract that power. Or then they're going to have to find their own person. Because I think they had a person that could, like, do something similar. But mm-hmm. it didn't last as long. Like, like the bad guy, his shit stayed permanent. But the dude that was a good guy or something, he had, like, a shorter-term version of it. But it was like, all right, so where they going to find somebody to, like, be able to counteract that? Because this nigga done killed the nigga that had that power. So, so at first it was cool. It was like a cat and mouse game, like, are they going to get to the person that's going to be able to counteract the power before he get his next power? Then it oh. was like, like after you like 15 dudes, he didn't suck you, but like, all right, bro. What else, what, what else is possible? God damn. Yeah. Well, we going to go with this. Uh, you don't wrote yourself into a corner here, guys. Uh, you going to find somebody just like him and I'll do, can do the same thing to him and suck all the power. He didn't suck. Them. Right. Yeah. Like the show supposed to be fun now. Now, I got a show. It's it's a it's a quite recent show. I don't think a lot of people know about it. Now, if you ever um watch boxing or UFC, you know they got their own reality show somewhere, like the contender shows. Now, I fuck with the contender, um, the original boxer series contender. I fuck with that. I fuck with the UFC version. Now they have a South African version as well. I do not fuck with that shit. Let me come on camera for this. <laughs> I do not. I repeat, I do not fuck with that shit. It's it's on Netflix now. 
It's on Netflix. They got, uh, I think, one full season. And I don't fuck with this shit. I don't know what the fuck they doing. But mixed martial arts and and what it means to them, I don't think it means the same thing to everybody else. This shit is a clusterfuck of a show. New. I started watching the first episode. I got like 30 minutes into it, and I was like, you know what? That was a total waste of time. But I rather have been searching for a show than watching that show. How do they fuck up? Huh? How do they fuck up fighting? Fighting is fighting. Because the premise of the the premise of a show like that is I uh, it's a competition show. You separate teams. It's, it's a competition. You the, the basis of the ideas by these persons training, these persons training, whoever the, got the next fights. The episode focuses on them. That's every show premise. These motherfuckers play games and shit, and they got competition that's games, and then they fighting, real fighting, because, and then they got lying about, they, they capping. Like, one dude, like, yeah, I'm 100, and I'm 27. So then in the background, the narrator was like, yeah, but all records prove that he's probably 30-something or almost 40 years old. <laughs> it's like, yeah. the fuck is going on? What the fuck is really going on? <laughs> They yeah. yeah, I can't keep up with that though. That shit, that, nah. If you want to watch a show to just get irritated, go ahead and watch that shit. It's on Netflix. I don't know. I don't even remember the fucking name of it. But it's a it's like an African version of the Contender series for mixed martial arts. Contender. La Contender. Uh. Uh-uh. That shit is fucking horrible. Contanda. Fucking horrible. Fucking horrible. Um, shit. I used to watch Dog the Bounty Hunter until I found out he was racist. That's a good one. I can't about these off-camera issues, but yeah, there's been some shows that have been canceled. Yeah. Um, shit. Yeah, that's that's a biggie right there. You know when I stopped, uh, what was the uh show I used to watch real heavy? It was the Real World. Can't remember the season, but I remember the dude. Come and be my baby tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who used to be a Real World head, that's for they gonna know what I'm talking about. I can't remember. Uh, what, yeah. I don't remember what city they was in. But I just remember that black nigga was like, come on, be my baby. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with this bullshit, man. And they ended an episode with that shit, with this nigga singing that shit. And I was like, I'm done with this shit. I'm good. I'm good. They lost. That's hilarious. They might win some, but they just lost one, goddammit. Lost that shit. Fuck this shit, I'm out. That's a definite big fucking loss on that one, goddammit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I match you with that one. Okay. When the black, when Black Ink, the show Black Ink first uh, first came on, I was interested in it. That shit fell off so hard. Yeah, I was so interested in it because I was like, okay, it's based on an all black tattoo shop, and they struggled trying to put it together. I was like, okay, the first couple episodes, cool. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Then they introduce all the drama. I was like, no. As soon as Caesar got with Duchess. The show went all downhill. I uh, like, nope. Don't fuck with it. the life out of that show so bad. So bad. They could have followed Teddy. 
or anybody else, but them two was just like, shut up. That was like a wrecking ball. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I hated hearing her talk. Y'all keep putting them on three. Tell them to shut up. Like, oh. I hate hearing her fucking talk. Like, her voice made my skin crawl. No apologies needed. Man, mm-hmm. you gonna see somebody like when they smile, they make you like, ugh. like her smile used to make me recoil for some reason. Like it was. Oh, oh damn, that's sad. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know that. Ain't no need, shit. shit. Some shit is just it is, it is what the fuck it is. The world feel that way about me. It's all fair. Hey, shit. You talked about Jesus. Can't walk on water, so who am I to be above getting talked about or talking about somebody? Like, you know, shit, it is what it is. It damn sure is what it is, and uh, that's about all I had. But thank you for taking that walk down memory lane with your favorite TV moments with tears and faith. You know, you know, you know. My people, so, yeah, make sure y'all drop in the comments what y'all favorite TV moments or what moments made you laugh, cry. Enjoy a show or realize this show about to go and hit the tank. Let us know in the comments. Please do. Please do. Engage. Engage. So, moving on. You know I brought you Would You Rather last week. So, some similar to it, but it's like in scenario situations. So, I don't know what I'm going to name it, but situations, situation says, let's go. Um, Number one. So, you and your woman out on a date. Random woman approaches your woman, offers her $300,000 for one hour with you. What is your reaction? And what is your woman going to do? <laughs> My reaction is to be like, hell no. <laughs> no, this is a setup. <laughs> and my woman is probably going to either get into fisticuffs or get very close to said fisticuffs uh, immediately following that. Uh, she would probably take that as extreme disrespect, and would probably, yeah, I, it would. Pro- the night would probably end with somebody getting bailed out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can definitely agree on that one. Um, yeah, but I definitely gonna be smarter than that. I, oh fuck no! <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh, I'm happily married. Don't don't even come to me with that bullshit. You trip. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck, man. She must be some crazy homeless lady. Man, I don't know what's wrong with her, baby. Mm-hmm. No, sir, mm-hmm. Bobby. You won't catch me out there slipping. <laughs> now is. I know what my ass supposed to be. Hell no, nah, you ain't about to set me up for the okie doke. Oh my god! At home after that, boy. If you even be like, well, well, is that three hundred tax free? No, no, buddy, you get your ass whooped in the car on the way home. No, but send you up on the valley. You either gonna have to yourself or act. Be a dumbass. No, can I get it? Is that three hundred cash? <laughs> that if you get asked that shit and you are in a good relationship, you are probably getting set up. Know that and answer accordingly. Just know that. Oh so, god, that don't happen in real. Man, fuck out of here. This shit ain't TikTok. <laughs> out of here, man. Camera, who, who, what is happening? Am I being punked? Where the camera, bitch? Baby, it's a surprise party. You just don't know how to get. What, what's happening? 
<laughs> this you? Is that? Oh well, shit! Nope. Mm -hmm. You nope. you did this. Yeah. This your idea? Oh, this your idea? Funny, huh? <laughs> no, that's the okie doke in full oh, of hell. No, that is the get your ass him the fuck up. You ready to sign them papers? All right. Papers. So, okay. I'm going to skip one and come back to it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next situation says, you're out with your woman. You're out with your woman. And four random women attempt to attack her. Do you beat these females like men or let your woman handle it? Well, I don't beat them like men. But me and the wife on damn show beat them like women. <laughs> had the windmill a bit or something. <laughs> you ain't about to beat up my wife. Only for who you is. I'm I'm beating the motherfuckers like they I'm beating their ass like they men. You I'm see, sorry. It's it's more than one of y'all. Yeah, I got to get you it. Are, you are getting beat the fuck up. Just know that. <laughs> going how you thought it was gonna go when you and your bitches pulled up. I'm telling you, this shit ain't going like that. Shivery dead nowadays. Everybody equal. You got to get it. You catching these hands, I'm, these feet, these everything. It's like the wifey got hands, and I'm damn sure whether to let mine loose on anything. So, yeah, it ain't gonna go like they thought it was. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I do not discriminate. They can come marching up like them cats on Tom and Jerry. If they want to. They gonna get plop, plop, plop right in the line. I do not discriminate. Yeah, we dog, right. we dog walk everything over these parts. But yeah, I'm going to have to beat a bitch up. I ain't about to stand there and be like, oh, they woman, baby, you got to, no, fuck that. Y'all trying to jump my wife. That's all I know. My wife getting jumped. <laughs> beating the shit out you, bitch. <laughs> too when they pull up. <laughs> and the police, if they grab me wrong, because I don't, I don't reckon, hey, because I'm already in that mode, so just watch how you grab it. Oh my god! <laughs> like we just beating up the vicinity until until we the only thing left. Till we know we saved that damn it. That's it. Like, <laughs> hey, as long as I see shit that don't look like us, when well, we beating it up, that's all <laughs> I know. It's on the other team till we get to just our team. Then I feel good again, and we can go home. But <laughs> we clear this motherfucker the fuck out. We beating the shit out of everything. Everything is going down, damn it. Yeah, and gonna air it out if that we if we need to escalate it to something past that, but it's gonna get yeah, we get we going home. I know everybody go down. We going home tonight. I can't promise I'm ain't gonna pick us up from home later, but we going home. And <laughs> <laughs> somebody might knock at the door later, like I need y'all to come with us, but we're going home. But we going home, then. We're going home. I can't promise nothing else in the vicinity is going to make it, but we're going to make it. Just we going to make it. You understand me? All right, next one. Next one. Get a little, get a little weird. You're alone in your house, and you start to hear noises coming from underneath you as well as in your attic. You check the attic, but see there's nothing there as well as underneath the house. Now, whole premise, you renting this house now, okay. As you a renter, you enter the house, you hear noises begin, 
and no noise get loud and loud. You check again, but once again, you find nothing. You go back inside the house to find the noises turns into voices and bang it. What's your next move? Well, guess we're living in a hotel for a while till we find a new place. Because I'm getting the fuck out of there. Yeah, right, right at that moment. We don't <laughs> that you can get, get the fuck, come get get the fuck out of Dodge. I don't need nothing but my car keys. Come on, let's go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Because that ain't you talking. Don't, don't, don't neither one of y'all sound like that. Come on, come on. Get your ass on, come on. We don't even got no under our house. We don't even have an under our house. We sitting on a concrete slab. So if anybody, no, nigga, come on, get your shit. Get your shit. Get your shit. You don't need, you're, just you, just you. Come on, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll let insurance sort that shit out. Come on. We're getting up out of here. Oh, tonight, tonight, tonight. We got money in the bank. Yes, you. The cars in the car. Come on, bring your ass. Leave it. Leave it. Leave the shoe. Shit. Leave yeah. the shoe. My phone is in my pocket. We call. We'll get you another phone on the ride. Come on. Come on. Still put that damn tablet down. Come on. You switching the straight talk tonight. Come on. We'll figure it out. Come on. Oh my god. Ass. Yeah, we getting up out of there, chief. Ain't no need. Ain't no need figuring it out. I done looked twice, and now it, no, no, no. No, nah, uh, oh, bruh. The voice is no, nah, bruh. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody supposed to be here but us. Hey, we ain't, <laughs> party tonight. We ain't no company or nothing. Did the boy have a sleepover? They ain't tell me. No, okay, yeah, no, nah, ain't nobody supposed to be talking. No, nah, it just we up, we up in here together, and you know, he sleeps. And he, I don't know who the fuck that is talking about. We leaving right now, <laughs> right now. I ain't staying. I don't know yet. where we're going, but we leaving here. Get your ass up. Come on. After the first time I checked and want nothing in, I came back inside and shit started. All right, let's go here. Yeah. And that's one of them <laughs> moments like, look, I ain't going to be able to care but one of y'all. So uh, you're going to either come voluntarily or I'm grabbing the boy and we up out of here. It's five months, four months. Ship if you want to, but uh, we out here. You bet to get your ass in the car because I'm gone. If I pull off and you ain't in the car, oh, I'm sorry, shit. I'm I told you, let's go. I'm immediately telling them voices, say less. I got you. Mm. I'm out. Mm -hmm. watch the All right. It gets smaller in the distance. Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't worry. I ain't come back. You can have all this shit. You can have all this shit. Mm -mm. Anybody in here to come get, come try to get, come take it, you can have their ass too, shit. Mm -hmm. I don't want none of that. I wear I wear large in the shirt. I hope that I hope that that covers what you need. You know, <laughs> and the underwear they use. So you know, you do what you do on that. But uh, yeah, you know, I don't know if you need any deodorant. I got some. You know, several sticks up under the sink and uh, plenty of toiletries. You know, you should be able to wash. Plenty of toiletries. Gonna be able to wash. You know. You know. All right. Yeah. So, it. you out with your child? Party element, party scene, kid party. All right, you over with the adults, kids with the kids. You see a child with another child doing, I'm gonna just say, adult things. What is your initial reaction? What At do you do now? Huh? At the age he is right now? Yes. 
<laughs> what do you do? What's your initial reaction? And do you involve the other kid's parent? <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> My initial reaction is to lose my fucking mind on. <laughs> I'm probably gonna hope that my wife is there so she could kind of calm me down because she usually has a better, a more calm, a calm uh, demeanor in these type of situations. But my first thought is to whoop his ass, um, <laughs> like in the middle of like you ain't even got to worry about pulling up your pants. You in the perfect position. I got you. And just get to lighten ass up. Um, that's the initial. <laughs> now, that probably ain't what's right. I don't know what I would actually do, but that's my general thought, just knowing who I am as a person and knowing how I feel. Um, now, I would say after that, regardless of however my initial reaction handle, I definitely get the parents involved, but I'm not about to talk to the parents. <laughs> believer like we already go with the if you fuck it up you gotta go make that right so whoever that is whether that's talking to your teacher whether that's talking to your classmate whether that's talking to your little friend at the playground whether that's talking to the parent or somebody whether that's talking to the person you done bumped into at the grocery store like you make it right I ain't fucked up you fuck you you fix it so uh <laughs> Parent gonna be involved, but it's gonna be an awkward conversation for my son, cause he won't have that conversation. I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna kick back, make sure the nigga, you know, the other parent don't act, they, don't do that. I gotta whoop their ass for, but you know, like, player, you gotta go talk to that person, daddy, and the mama, explain what you was doing and 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 why you was doing it and how you got in that position and at the age you are and where you learned that from, cause you ain't learning from us, cause you ain't had one of them experience in your life where you to walk in on me and mommy. We've been very, very careful about that. So uh, you ain't get that from us. And uh, we got parental locks on all your shit on your tablet. So you ain't get it from the shit you watching on your tablet. So I don't know what you have seen in school, but uh, <laughs> you tell you what, your ass ain't going there on Monday. Uh, you, you definitely gonna be enrolled somewhere else uh, real quick. And uh, that's gonna be homeschooled from now on, son. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. That might've been your last day going out this house. Uh, <laughs> lost your motherfucking mind. Fucking seven. <laughs> Uh, me personally, you know, I got girls and boys, so um, my next reaction is to whip everybody ass, everybody involved, whip everybody ass, both of them. I'm sorry, whipping your child and mine. Oh well, be getting mad if you want to. I whip your ass with this belt too. Away from my kids. I think my second reaction. After I calm down from my next reaction, it's to try to whip their ass again. It's to just try to whip their ass again, especially as my girls. I'm gonna I'm really try to, yeah, I'm gonna really try to whip everybody. My boy, after that first ass, I'm gonna try to talk to him, educate him. But you gonna have to deal with that parent. I'm gonna be there with the conversation. Um, but at the end of the day, you better not say nothing wrong to my kid because just like I whipped his ass, I just showed you what I do. I whip your ass too. Shit, this belt goes everywhere. Um, but with the girls, I, I really had to have a, uh, uh, it had to be more of a, just a conversation with them. If I mean, you're going to have to be, they young shit. So 
there's gonna have to be some 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 other type of conversations going on. I think the way I the conversation I have with my boy versus the one I have with my girl be a lot deeper and more detailed as far as expectations going forward and a, a lot of other shit. So no, I feel but ass whippings, ass whippings would be involved. That's the definite. Oh, I think that I think ass whooping is definitely a a prerequisite part of that whole recipe there. For yeah, ass whippings got got to come along with it. I, mean, okay. I I don't see I don't see how that that's not going to. Man, I, I I've encountered some parents um in my adult years that probably wouldn't give two shits what their kids were doing at at any age, and that and that is sad as shit to say. But I have encountered some parents like that. Um, whoo, they are a doozy themselves, so I can see why. Yeah, it's some, it's some parents that need ass whoopings as well. Oh, yeah, but moving on now, this, this will be my last one till I get into our next topic. Um, so last, last situation is situation says you purchase a new home upon doing renovations, you find a letter taped to a wall inside a hidden room. The note says that the person who left it used to live there and that you should leave due to a person who will always be watching you. You choose to ignore the note, but days later, you start to get handwritten letters from a person claiming to be watching you and your family, even going to the note, giving, and going to the lengths of giving you details about you and your family that you can know that they are watching you. You go to the lease, you go to the police, but they ignore you and do nothing. You just bought the home, so you can't sell it. What is your reaction, and what do you do? Now, this one right here, um, I feel like I remember this being a real thing that happened. Um, I feel like I remember this being the news, and I would have been left. They wouldn't have had to get to sending me more letters. As soon as you sending me some enemy details about my family, all right. Let me go to a more secure location so I can post up and get uh prepared for the war that we about to have. <laughs> Somebody about to get shot. Yeah, that that's a given. Um, so at this point now you don't got the stalking and uh you've given me every reason to defend myself and my family um by whatever methods that I deem necessary uh based upon your action. So now we're gonna kill something. Yeah, damn right. Yeah, you don't lost. You watching me? I'm gonna be watching your ass. I'm gonna find out who's watching, and we're gonna be watching it. <laughs> oh yeah, we we gonna have a real good movie. We gonna watch it. We gonna watch everything. Don't you worry. Don't you? You let me know everything I need to know by telling me that you watch. Oh, oh, you watch it? Right. Okay. Watch, watch this. <laughs> Got you. Keep watching. Watch this. Mm-hmm. You watch it. Gotcha. <laughs> look at it. Oh shit! Well, for that, I'm, I like spectacle. I give you some. Oh shit! Oh yeah, but I give you some <laughs> look at. I want to play. No, no, don't you take your eyes off of me, motherfucker! Oh no! Oh shit! Oh now, that's what you want. It that's what you want. <gasps> So that's my last situation says, man. That's all I had for the situation this week. But random topic that I had is on my mind as coming into the show. 
as I was watching other shit, just think about other podcasts that have come and gone and factions and groups that just broke up. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of podcasts and you see a lot of um just content creators join together and make content that are real and true friends. But throughout doing business, for whatever reasons, they separate. You feel me? Sometimes it's a, it's a nasty public breakup. Sometimes it's not, but it it happened. You feel me? Sometimes both factions go on to find success. Sometimes one part of the party drops off, never to be heard from again, or never to be heard of on the same level again, while the other gains or garners more success. Right. Why do you think that even though they started as friends, they led the business, even though it's just in the aspect of podcasting and y'all all, we all get, get into it knowing what what we're doing, what's expected from all of us, you feel me? So why do you feel in those individuals' factions, like i.e., um, the I Am Athlete guys uh, and the, um, Joe Budden and uh, Rory and Mal, mm-hmm. two different, two different, mm-hmm. two different shits, you feel me? Two different podcasts, two different platforms, all different types of individuals, you feel me? You got your athletes, you got your regular dudes and your entertainers. Mm-hmm. Each group, with friends or somewhat friends or close associates based on whatever their relations were, decided to get in business together and through whatever reasons, it seems like something made the friendship part make the business part disintegrate. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why do you feel or what do you feel can contribute to, contribute to that or did contribute to that or especially on those two and on those two podcasts over those two individual groups um although they are very different dynamics as far as like the friendship dynamic outside of the podcast i feel like they're very similar in the fact that like i think both of them ended because people's wishes and desires changed their passions changed their visions changed but there wasn't a conversation to follow up to discuss those changes so like when they started their podcast i feel like what happens a lot of times you know anybody that start a business or a podcast or whatever they go into it and everybody has their vision at that moment in their life so you might be 25 35 65 whatever but then over time in that business, you might learn some new things. You might experience some new things in life. Life changes may happen where some, some things shift, um, you know, whatever. And your vision for like where you see things going in your life may change. And that may affect like what your business vision is. But I think that in those podcasts, especially I think there was a lack of communication like after that initial conversation of like, this is our vision. I think they talked about like numbers and stuff, but they never really had a real follow-up conversation until it was too late about like, Hey, this is more where I see things going. or this is the why behind. I think these percentages to change. It was more just like, we focus on these numbers. And when you, when you only focus on the numbers, like the numbers are important. So you have to compartmentalize and keep those things separate when you get to the negotiation. But when you don't understand the why the person wants to negotiate in the first place, right? I think it 
makes you come to the table with a different attitude and a different perspective than if you understand, all right, this person just had a baby, so they may need a higher percentage and they've been, you know what I'm saying, they may have like these three things that they want to do under this umbrella that'll bring in revenue, but they might not have shared that. So if you ain't shared that, and I don't know that, and I'm thinking you just trying to hold me up for money, and you focus on the money, then neither one of us have actually communicated like the why I can't give you that or the why you want to even negotiate for more. And I think that's where you you kind of fuck up the friendship. And once the friendship fucked up, the business don't matter no more because most people, if you started a business with friends, you kind of did it because they're your friends and you wanted the work to be like enjoyable and you wanted to do it with people that was like like-minded and that type of thing. So once you lose that, it's kind of like, well, I don't want to show up to work and this shit feel like any other job. I could have just stayed about nine to five for that shit. I mean, so yeah, I, 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 it was a lot of communication gaps of like not doing some check-ins along the way. Like, um, like I feel like one thing that's been good about uh, Angel and Kev on stage, um, one thing I feel like has even been good about us is like as you go along, as like different life changes happen as you go through like uh different things, you gotta keep checking in so that the other people know like what's going on with you. And they and if you do say, all right, look, well, I can't do this, this, and this no more, it ain't coming out of like like people don't fill in those gaps with what their assumption is. They know what's going on because there's been check-ins of like, okay, so nah, this person got a new job here, this person got a new got a new situation over here this person uh then picked up these three new gigs they're working on this new thing for the for the umbrella of the company they just it, it that's going to take more time like it, it's you know what i'm saying it's a clear understanding of everybody yeah. involved where they know and i think that's what a, i think in those situations where you see them breaking up it's like a a lack of transparency until some shit fucks up and mm -hmm. And when you do that, it puts people in a position of like, for one, they're they feel like they're betrayed because it's like you my friend, why you ain't just tell me? But for two, now the business is fucked up. So now you're fucking up not only our friendship, but you're also like fucking with my livelihood, my ability to provide. You know what I'm saying? Um, exactly. So I I think it's just keeping those like lines of communication clear of like, hey, this is where I'm at, and I. And I think people get so stuck in the business mode, they forget that, like, this my friend. So, like, even with, like, a situation with Kev on stage and, like, Doughboy, like, I feel like that might have been a situation where Doughboy was going through some shit, knew he couldn't do the shit no more, but he was sitting there taking all these damn hiatuses, not communicating with Kev, but from Kev's point of view, I'm sitting there, got to keep going through these breaks. The people asking me what's going on. I got these guest hosts and all this shit. Like, what's up? So I think, you know, even in that, like, if your vision to change, if you as a doughboy is like, hey, look, I want to do this. I feel like maybe I'm getting overshadowed. I want to branch out on my own. I don't want to do this podcast no more. Like, say that to your friend because your friend going to understand and be like, well, fuck yeah, do that shit, nigga. I'm just glad you know. Yeah. I'm just glad you ain't drinking again. Or I'm just glad, you know what I'm saying, you're doing something good. Like, hell yeah. And then I can figure out the podcast shit because, like, you know what I mean? But I think in a lot of these situations, they don't be talking to each other until 
the business starts to get affected. And when you start to fuck up the business, everybody's home life is getting fucked up. The wife is unhappy because bills getting paid later or the kids can't get, you can't do that thing for your kid that you was planning on because this nigga's sucking and jiving and now the money slowed up. You know what I mean? So I think if they have those proactive conversations instead of reactive conversations, a lot of those situations could have been avoided because I feel like what uh, I am athlete. I feel like it was really just Brandon Marshall saw the he saw the podcast itself as an umbrella as opposed to seeing the brand as an umbrella and keeping the podcast separate. So when they go back and they're looking at splits, he's looking at the splits from well the wife over here doing this and this and this and then somebody else over here doing this under house of athlete and then I got this company over here under house of athlete so they got to get it but he not realizing that Fred and them looking at it like nigga this just a podcast like this was supposed to be just us doing the podcast we're yeah. coming for our splits based off what this podcast is doing and the podcast is what's driving everything so like what's up but had they had that conversation of Brandon Marshall going to them along the way of like hey now that the podcast off the ground, I had these other things that I wanted to do under this umbrella, and that's going to affect how we split. So now that y'all know this, y'all want to revisit that initial conversation we had about splits, and maybe you know, Channing, maybe now you don't want to do the 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 per the per show thing. Maybe now you want to come in as an investor. Maybe Fred, you don't like the investor thing no more, and you want you know what I mean. But like yeah. having that conversation with them so they understand what you're looking at, and them having the conversation as they're getting new new brands. Fred with his hats or whatever, and uh, Channing with his fish and so and so. Like as they're getting new ideas, them coming to him and like letting him know like, hey, I'm gonna do this, but this is how I'm going to do it or this is why and this is how it's going to affect because like once you got a brand as one thing it's going to like anything you doing going to affect y'all if if it's the same as like if I all of a sudden if I go somewhere and I'm doing something that's out of character or that goes against our brand that's going to affect our brand which then if if impacts you and Pat you know what I'm saying so like I don't know. I think it's just having them proactive conversations. I think one of the things that's allowed us to get to year two, which, you know, I've watched some podcasts not make it that far. I think what helps is like when we first started, we we knew kind of like, all right, so this going to be the umbrella. But under that, like, this is kind of where you trying to really focus your attention. And this kind of like your end goal, you know what I'm saying, as far as your main thing. And this is kind of your main end goal. And, you know, and as along the way, we've had like check-in meetings to like, all right, so where you at now? Do you still want to do this, this, and this? How you feel about this? Is this still work for you? Da, da, da. So I think doing that alleviates some of that weirdness and it keeps the business fine, which makes like the business gonna have itself gonna have bumps, but the business relationship don't get strained as long as it's proactive communication. Exactly. Before before some shit is fucked up, hey yo, I ain't gonna I'm going to be out for two months because, you know, this coming up and looming and I got to really, as opposed to waiting till the two months start, you not showing up to shit. And then, hey, bro, what's happening? You know, we done missed out on this bag, this bag. And then, you know what I mean? I think a lot of those situations, they're getting into these bigger bags and these bigger businesses without having a check-in conversation as shit has changed. Like if we get, like if we was to all of us, like we got a pretty, 
solid understanding, you know what I'm saying, as far as like our business. But like, say we say like, say, say you get a brand deal, but it ain't through nothing that we've done together. It's through a specific AC83 product that somebody want to use and they want to license with you and da 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 da, right? That's not as big of a conversation with us because from the jump, the goal has been like what he wants to do fashion design. So that's not under us. That's his fashion design bag. You know what I'm saying? Same as like that with his his comic book. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I feel like as long as you've had those proactive conversations where you know going into a situation exactly what somebody is working on, you know what you know that hey this might not be somebody's end all be all they might be looking to use this to get to the next step but if you know that going in then it ain't no funny feelings because everybody already is clear like well hey no when this come up this is an easy conversation because we already knew that that was going to be for them i feel like with joe budden and them especially like they got big bags out of nowhere but certain people was bringing the bag, but they didn't have a conversation of what was going to happen if it's not a joint bag, if it's like a bag that you specifically brought. Well, how does that look? How does that get split up? Is that exactly. all of us because you because we are a team here and we split that bag that you specifically conjured? Or do we have an understanding of like, well, that's yours and then it, anything that we get is, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of them conversations was never had until it happened. And then when it happened, now it's awkward. Because now if I say something, I look like I'm hating. If you say something, you look like you're selfish. If it, now it bring in some personal feelings into the business. And now our friendship is taking a hit. Now we acting funny toward each other in the personal moments. Now niggas ain't uh pulling up to each other's events no more to support. Now niggas ain't coming by the crib to watch the game and shit. You know what I mean? So I think that in a lot of them situations that we talk about, we looking at friends that like, they didn't think about the business until the business hit, as opposed to going in knowing, all right. I feel like when we came in, podcast was already like going through these breakups. So we had the benefit of like studying. And like seeing all oh, shit. Well, if you do that, that's gonna fuck up. Oh, we thought they were gonna make it forever. God damn, them niggas breaking up. Oh, so that's why. Oh, well, we know not to fuck that up. So like we came in thinking, like, all right, what 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 business wise are our goals? What do we want this to look like? What do we from a each individual standpoint, like what is your 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 final level up? What is your thought process? And then I think we came in different to merge it as opposed to starting from something that's merged, having these little strings coming off of it, and then having to figure out well, what, what, what are we doing with that string? Like our shit started separate and we found a way to bring it together. So now once it started, like anything that comes from them original roots, like hey, well, no, nah, that's what we talked about in the beginning. That's that was in your bag anyway. Like, so yeah, eat that. And then we eat this, and then you know he eat that, and then you know like so. I think again, check in, man. Like if you are a group, group or something, they can talk. Communication is key. 
Yeah, like they're your friends at the end of the day. Like if, if somebody your real friend, like you should be able to like have them conversations of like, hey, look, if this go like this, I don't want to split it like this. I, I want to split it like this because I feel like this, this and this. And this is what the business model of this said. And look at how they do this over here. And this, this, this and mm-hmm. this. Couple makes Like as long as you can justify it, the business should make sense because you're talking to your friends. You ain't talking to somebody that hates you or that like is supposed to yeah, be no you're wrong they should want to see you win. win and if you're friends and you're doing something together you're probably going to win anyway because y'all going to enjoy doing this shit so like after like coming when you come into it most people come into it looking at all right what we got to do what we got to do i feel like when we came into it we are we was looking at all right what not to do first you feel me yeah so we had a ground, we had a groundwork of both what to do and what not to do. Where most come in, I right, we gotta do this, we gotta do this, we gotta do this. Never thinking of what not to do. So they make a lot of pitfalls and they have a lot of more learning steps. But we had a strong foundation. And like you said, each individual had their own vision of what they individually want to do and found the way in those aspects to still come together and make something else where people try to do the reverse in most in, in most things you know I mean? but also no. like how many podcasts that have broken up do you think before they broke up had conversations like every three four months where they just checked in to see like hey man do you still want to do this are you even still interested like you know people they don't have a conversation. like like if 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 you look at uh jesus and mero like one of the dudes, I feel like one of the reasons they broke up is because one of the dudes wanted to do like writing and shit and wanted to focus more on that. So the doing that show together became less of like a, a thing that he was passionate about. You know what I mean? And that's normal. Like it's just like anything. Like you grow older, your your interests change, your passions change, your knowledge base grows and other shit. You find out new shit. You be like, oh, I think this is something I want to explore. So that's normal. But if you don't have that conversation with your homeboy and you're feeling this way, but you're acting weirder on set and you're being more distant in personal times and like now it, it starts to become a thing where it could have just been mm-hmm. a quick, hey, man, you know, as we've grown and evolved, bro, you know, I'm here. I want to do this, this and this. Let's figure out an exit strategy, you know, how are we going to end it, you know what I mean, so that we could both be straight. You know what I mean? And, and end in a way that boosts both of our brands as we leave. All that shit. But you don't have that good conversation to, like, be able to do that when now you done pretty much just, like, sprung this shit on each other. And now you forced to deal with it in real time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I, I think really that's that communication. It's the same shit in relationships, yo. Like, if you look at, like, successful relationships that be lasting for, for hella long, like, most of the time it'd be, like, Throughout their lives, as they grew into different eras, oh, hey, with that creepy shit, this nigga. Uh, but as they grew into uh, different eras of their life, like you've seen that couple kind of reinvent themselves and like kind of reestablish, like, all right, this is what our relationship looked like when we was twenty, but now we thirty, we gotta reconfigure some shit because now we on the paper chase for real, we on the grind. Now that we forty, we trying to get ready for retirement. Now that we retired. 
you know what I'm saying? Our relationship look a little different. Our dynamic might look a little different because now we older, we we like different things. I might now want to sit around the house all day and build model airplanes and you might want to get out in the garden and we got to figure out, well, what does that look like? Because we used to just want to do the same mm-hmm. thing. Now we at a point where we got different interests and we want to pursue them, but we still love each other, but we got to figure out a way to make that shit work. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think it's just like constant sure. communication, constant like checking in, letting people know like where you're at, what your changes are, where you've grown to, if you've evolved to feel a different way about something like, you know what I mean? Just talking to folk and hey man, at the end of the day, if you're doing business with your friend, man, they your friend. They your friend. Talk to them. You know what I mean? There you I, go. Keep your friends together. Even though you're in business and you want to keep your business your top priority. You change with friends, so make that a priority too. And then we got at the end of the day, remember, I'm in business with my friend. Even though we in business, in business conversations, I still approach him as my friend about the business. And this friendship is like it should be. This conversation should be understood as that on that type of level. And I, I think, yeah, I think even on, uh, when Joe Button was on I'm Athlete, I think he said that, like, one of the biggest things was just, like, you know, that he could have done better was, like, the way he communicated and stuff. And I think that's – if you look at the root of a lot of issues where you see, like, people who really do fuck with each other, but they go left, these R&B groups that break up, these uh, – these singing groups, these uh bands, these motherfucking uh comedy troops, like the these any group that you know that was great that like broke up, usually it come down to like communication and just like shit change. We are getting older. We've we've gone through different life changes, but nobody takes the time to just go ahead and check in and say, Hey, I don't feel like this no more. I feel like this, or hey, this new thing came up. I wanna try this, or hey. It's about to happen to us, y'all. Let's talk about what we're going to do when it happens. How, how y'all want to deal with it? What makes sense for you? Let's go ahead and talk this out now. And people put pussyfoot around and don't have no conversation. Then the shit go crazy and then they don't got no answer for it. Like, I feel like right now, if we had a billion dollar off on the table, no matter which arm it came from, no matter what type of situation it was, like, I feel like we have a good enough foundation from the conversations and the meetings we've had to, like, know exactly kind of how to go into that. Or even if we hadn't had a conversation about that specific thing, like, I feel like we know, like, where each other is currently enough to kind of understand, like, all right, when I go in this conversation, I need to at least understand this, this, and this. Or, you know what I mean? Like, so I feel like, man, just communication. Maybe we need to start doing a master class on like podcast communication, how to do a business with your friends. But I feel like we've Hold on, say that one more time. You, you got Robocop on. Okay. I said, I feel we should. We should get some good information. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, like, I don't even know that many friend groups that's been together like 25 years, 24 years, 21 years, 20. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know that many friend groups that's been like together that long and like consistently together, not like, oh, well, we ain't talked to each other for like 15 years and then we popped up. 
and then we got cool again. Like, no, like, I mean, like, consistently, like, no, we've been friends that whole time. Ain't, ain't took no breaks. Nope. Still kicking it. Like, so I think that's something to, like, the communication level that we've had over the years. And I think it's a lot of people that can learn from that because I think that's a real thing. Like, it's a communication deficit in people where people are too, like, big to ask certain questions or too big to say things to their people that they love or too scared, I should say, even sometimes. But, like, there, there's something to just, like, saying it because you're scared because if you're scared that's probably the thing that you most need to say because then y'all will be good but if you don't say it it's probably something that's gonna fuck up and now you're gonna have, have a, another type of conversation that could break something where you could have just had a conversation where it was just a quick conversation be like oh all right now i feel that but you know what i mean because i watched joe and them for that you know like when you as an audience member knows niggas about to break up and they don't realize it. Yeah, that's something. Cause you can see them niggas, like them niggas was challenging each other to fights and shit. And like niggas, I'm like, niggas, do y'all know y'all recording this? Like this don't look fake. <laughs> like y'all niggas really wanna scrap. Like you really disgusted by this nigga just sitting beside him is turning, like making you about to throw up. Like that's supposed to be your boy. We can we can sense this. You talking about Drake ain't gonna make us not know that there's some tension. And I and I think that that's sad that they couldn't have them conversations. They probably couldn't have made the podcast. But now I like Ish and Ice, so now I'm glad they broke up because Ish and Ice better. And I ain't heard from Roy and Malin. I haven't watched not another episode. I watched the first one where they talked about Joe Button and it was like, all right, well, please out to y'all niggas. Peace out. That's something peace out, Rory. Sorry. Communication, nigga. Communication is the key element, man. And everything dealing with anybody, people with yourself, you got to communicate, man. Like, if communication ain't there, shit gonna always fall to the wayside because everybody got to be on the same level, man. Y'all eventually joint bitch with everything. Everybody needs to be on. Big facts. But yeah, man, we glad y'all showing up this week with us. To communicate with your boy, your partner. Same damn level. Indeed. I don't know how that came out because I never can tell when they go robot whether it's gonna be like normal or not when they play back. But if y'all heard what he said, then y'all heard what he said on the same damn level. Yeah. Nigga. Oh. <laughs> but uh again, man, thank y'all for communicating with us. Uh Please continue to do so. Uh, I don't have a black business this week. You got one, Faith? No, no, no. Well, support us then, motherfucker. Go ahead and do so. Uh, it's Labor Day, so, you know, it's a good time to while you're off. Go ahead and make sure you listen to the podcast. Check out our clips on YouTube, you know, and support your boys, man. There's several ways you could do that. The freeway is always, man. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe on YouTube. 
and all other platforms that you may be listening or watching on, make sure that you do that. It, it helps us with the algorithm. It gets it gets the YouTube juices going and gets us in play. And man, it gets us closer to our goal, which is getting monetized there. And we are very close to, I think we like uh, eight to 10 subs away uh, from hitting that 1000 sub mark. You know, that that beautiful mark, that, that milestone that we set for ourselves this year. So please help us get to our two year goal before we even get to our two year mark uh, by making sure you like, comment, share and subscribe. Also, make sure you support financially. If you'd like to, you can go to dollar sign partner tiers one. That's dollar sign partner tiers one on Cash App, or you can go to buymeacoffee.com backslash the partners, where you can always sign up for a membership for $4.99 a month, or you can donate for as little as a dollar. You can also sign up for a monthly uh, fee of $4.99 per month and be a monthly supporter of the pod and help us to continue to make improvements to the infrastructure, make improvements to the podcast itself. You know, and hopefully make this our full time gig where we can give you more content than we currently are giving you. Um, so, yeah, help us get to those goals. Support financially if you can. Um, and if you want to support financially, but you want some back in return. What do you got to do, Face? Go to the store. The online store. What's the name of the store? It's the store is called Part of the Club. What's the website? And go there right now. Go there right now. You all for Labor Day anyway. You might as well spend some time browsing the uh, store, checking out the gear, and get you some of that good, cool partners or AC83 gear right now for your Labor Day weekend. Remember to use that promo code as well. And as always, man, uh, make sure if you want to get in touch with us outside of the pod, make sure if you want to, you know, just shoot us some material to react to, shoot us some topics you want us to talk about, or just holler at your boys and shoot the shit. You can always hit us up at the partners at sign T H E P O D N A S. That's the Twitch, TikTok. That's the t- uh the Twitter. That's the Instagram. If you're on Facebook, it's Tears Face Pat. All the partners. That's Tears Face Pat. All the partners. Or you could just type the partners in your search bar, and you can find us. If you forget everything that we've said so far, and you like, damn. I can't remember what they had said about the store or damn, how could I donate or damn, where do I go to the, to talk to them? Just go to thepodnas.com. That's T H E P O D N A S.com. And you can get all of that information and more. So one-stop shop for everything, the partners and everything that we talked about is just one click away when you get to thepodnas.com. Um, and yeah, man, this has been another episode. We had episode 92 on y'all mofos. And as always, man, I've been one third of the partners. It's your boy, Tiz, and I've been along with. You know, he ain't here as we. For the Padawan, I'm a third. Yeah, motherfuckers. 
And even though Pat ain't here, he's still here in spirit. And you got the three partners. And we about to be back to y'all motherfuckers again next week. Episode 93 coming on the way. Just from episode 92 on the way. The last show coming tomorrow. Motherfuckers, it's the partners. Bitches. Have a great week, y'all. Love y'all. Thanks for fucking with us. Hey.